Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is Love to Tell the Story. On the kitchen wall over the sideboard at our family's camp up in Maine hangs a small combination bulletin and chalkboard. Actually, it's been there for as long as I can remember. No doubt my mother put it there years ago as a receptacle for summertime grocery lists, appointment reminders, and the like. However, over time, it's become much more than that, as little bits and pieces of three generations' worth of our family's comings and goings have been slowly accumulating and becoming more and less permanently enshrined on the cork. For instance, along with a variety of chalk-scrawled smiley faces and greetings from friend and family alike, there are, amongst other items, pastoral business cards posted from each of the five congregations I've served. An example of one of our daughter's earliest attempts at both handwriting and poetry, and I quote, Roses are red, violets are blue. You love me, and I love you. Love, Sarah. There are also lengthy and detailed instructions for the opening and closing of camp in the spring and fall, including, incidentally, the proper assembly and use of ratchets and strapping, which includes a bit of philosophical commentary, courtesy of our oldest son, Jake. Step two, he writes, stop. Smell the roses. Think. Where do I need the handle to be in relation to myself? <laughs> and this, incidentally, is attached to the board via a Brothers of the Brush pin issued circa 1982, recalling the time my father joined with several other men in attempting to grow a beard in commemoration of our hometown's 75th anniversary. Admittedly, there's nothing much on that bulletin board that has any real intrinsic value, and frankly, after so many years, the board itself has long since begun to look rather haggard and in serious need of replacement. However, a couple of summers ago, when my wife Lisa quietly suggested that perhaps the time had finally come to remove the bulletin board from the kitchen wall, her good intentions were met with vehement protest on the part of our now adult children. You can't take that down. That bulletin board is part of the camp. It's part of us. It's tradition, and it needs to stay right where it is. Suffice to say that sometimes history and tradition trumps function and practicality, especially when you're up to camp, and the bulletin board still is hanging there. As this summer has begun, I've been seeing a great deal written online and elsewhere that has sought to, shall we say, challenge the relevance and legitimacy of the Bible in these so-called postmodern times. An ongoing debate amongst theologians and social commentators spurred in recent months by a worldwide pandemic, not to mention the many concerns surrounding matters of racism, police brutality, economic and social justice, just to name a few. Some of what I've been reading has been troubling, to say the least. There are clearly those out there who, for the sake of political or social correctness, would quickly and easily dismiss the Bible as antiquated and as any sort of societal arbiter. Admittedly, such assertions can feel a little threatening, and yet it's a worthy discussion, I think, that forces us to look at the history, tradition, and the practice of our faith in a new way. 
And in that regard, it seems to me that ultimately it's all part of a larger discussion that is old as scripture itself. What my homiletics professor in seminary used to refer to as the task of all Christians to, quote, bring the there and then of Holy Scripture to the here and now, unquote. Now, granted, at times this can be a process that's formidable, if not downright difficult, especially when one encounters the considerable tone of judgment and the resulting carnage that can be found deep within the pages of the Old Testament. As a very sweet woman in a prior parish once remarked to me during a year-long survey of the whole Bible, I just don't think I like that God very much. Or for that matter, think of all the societal and cultural norms that are found in Scripture that, while shocking and inappropriate to us now, was once commonplace and still provides a historical framework for the gospel story and for the epistles that follow. I mean, anyone wish to defend the assertion from 1 Corinthians 14 that a woman should stay silent in the church? Or that there's a suitable way to own and treat slaves as is set forth in Colossians chapter 4? I didn't think so. Of course, that's not what we think. There is, to be honest, a great deal in the Bible that runs headlong into our modern sensibilities. Much that requires us to prayerfully consider the ways its truth touches not only the powers and principalities of the world as we know it today, but also the very ways that you and I seek to live our very lives. And that's a challenge, to be sure. However, contrary to the vocal assertions of religious critics and skeptics of this in every generation, that is no reason, as the saying goes, to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Rather, it should stir us to a renewal of a timeless faith in a new era. Because after all, what is the Bible anyway? As Christians, we understand it to be the inspired Word of God, full of divine truth and guidance for the faithful life. But at the heart of it, it's still our story, the story of our faithful relationship with God, the story of the God who created us and who loves us beyond measure, the story of the God who, despite our propensity to turn away from him time and time again throughout history, is relentless in bringing each one of us back into his loving care, even to the point of coming to us in the guise of his Son, who is Jesus, our Savior. It's our history. It's our tradition, friends. And as such, it's part of us as God's faithful people. And so, even in these times that are continually changing, with each new generation seeking fresh ways to respond in the context of its own experience, God's word will remain and it will abide just as it has from the very beginning and as well it should. And that's it for another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry and I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, be safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.